Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, and I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons, and uh, we have to ask you for uh, you know subscriptions and reviews, because that's what podcasters do. And for a limited time, this was Chris's idea, and I think it's pretty <laughs> generous. Uh, for a limited time, if you subscribe to our podcast, we will give you them for free. Okay? Ooh. So right, right, that's a, right, right on your iDevice or your Android Yep. It'll device. just show up, and they're free. So, uh, you know, limited time offer. Jump in on that. And, you know, while you're subscribing, it would also help us if you gave us a glowing five-star review while you're there. You know, that's just a nice thing to do while we're all hunkered down. That can be your nice thing you can do for someone while socially distancing. I, um, I'm going to say uh, something for our moms, who are probably the only people listening. Uh, all podcasts <laughs> are free, guys, so... That's the joke. Don't ruin it. But <laughs> Sorry, but also <laughs> But also you can pay us in stars. Oh yes. That's oh, that's very nice. Yeah, like Mario. I guess those were yeah. actually coins though, not stars. Anyway, uh today we are talking about the 2001 album by Further Seems Forever called The Moon Is Down. This is a pretty classic one, I think, guys, and we're actually doing an album from the early aughts. So, yeah, we finally kudos made it. to sticking with the, you know, intro copy. Um, so yeah, I kind of did a little bit of research on this one. Chris, did you do any research for this one? I, I did. I, I misunderstood the assignment. I read The Moon is Down by John Steinbeck. Oh, that is not actually, what you're supposed yeah, to do. I, I actually took off work today. Uh, I told my boss the truth. I had this very important podcast. Um, I was trying to be a podcast superstar with my birthday buddy and best friend. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I got my first warning. So oh, definitely, well. definitely got written up. Good luck. Don't do anything else wrong at work, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but worth it. Yes. But no, well worth it. Worth, well worth it. I don't well, know well, how until, I, until, until now, because now I'm not even prepared. Right. The actual now you, yeah. you know. Anyway, this album was released on March 27th, 2001 on Tooth and Nail, um, and it was produced by James Paul Weisner, who also produced Chris Caraba slash Dashboard Confessional Swiss Army Romance around the same time. Uh, there are some things about this album that I did not quite realize the timing of all of this. So, uh, first of all, weird side note, there are no songwriting credits in the liner notes. I actually pulled out my old CD to make sure I wasn't wrong about this because I couldn't find anywhere that said like who was actually writing these songs. Like, I didn't know if it was, you know, Chris Graba writing the lyrics and and melodies or if it's the band writing the stuff. There is no, like, copyright 2001, all songs written by... Like, there's no songwriting credit, no copyright, nothing in the liner notes. So it's probably early in Tooth & Nail's uh, existence, and maybe they didn't know they needed to put that on uh, on album artwork. <laughs> yeah, but no, that, that's wild. Uh, Tooth & Nail, Tooth and Nail been around a while at this point. Well, I mean, I guess, but yeah, isn't that weird? Right? No, that's very that's odd. A, it's a very strange thing, yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, that's a that's the strangest note I found about this, and that is not on Wikipedia or anything. I didn't, you know. <laughs> that was me actually pulling out the liner notes and finding that. Uh, so I guess I didn't realize the timing of this. Chris Caraba announced he's leaving the band in August of 2000, and they record this in, like, September of uh, 2000. I guess he continued to say, yeah, I'll, I'll record the album. Um, and... Swiss Army Romance came out about six months before this came out. So, I mean, the timing of everything was really weird. Um, I had this album, like, when it came out, but I did not know of Dashboard Confessional till after. So, kind of a weird timing of things to 
make an album with someone that you know is not going to be your front man anymore. But uh, I guess they had disagreements about the guys and the rest of the band didn't really want to tour and do all that kind of fun stuff. And he wanted to go for it. So he went for it. And I think he ended up making the correct decision. <laughs> uh, you know, cause he's gone on to make lots and lots of Ta- money. I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, also fun <laughs> note, we're recording this on Chris Krav's birthday. So that all will, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Happy so- birthday, Christopher. That'll time this because I don't know when it's going to come out. So it might, you know, might be a little later than his actual birthday, but we're recording it on it. So that's kind of a cool thing. So, uh, so Chris Caraba announced he was leaving the band in 2000. He said, I knew the only chance I had to make it in the music scene was to go out there and do all the legwork to push yourself and make yourself known. I was willing to do that. And they weren't, they were playing music around their jobs, not as their jobs. It was like, if we're going to be a band, let's be a band. This isn't going to happen by itself, which I think is the right mentality. Um, so he essentially wanted a tour. They didn't want a tour. Therefore the split happens. So there's a uh, lead singer. I didn't realize he was like out of the band before they released that album. So, um, kind of a weird thing. And obviously further seems forever went on to record their second album with a different singer and their third album with a different singer. They ended up doing another one in, uh, the early 2010s with Chris Kraba again. So four albums, three singers. That's a lot, um, of lead singers. Although I think, more than other bands, they did a pretty good job at pulling off the switching out lead singers thing. Dude, I like I don't want to jump the gun on some of my final thoughts, but don't I you will dare s- jump the gun on th- final <laughs> thoughts. But you go but ahead. I, but I will say I agree with that statement completely. Like it's I think that they have made changes as gracefully as I've ever seen anybody do it. I think it helps that the rest of the band is so um, consistent, has a sound and yeah. um, and a, there's a real feel to this band that I think is unique. And so changing out the singer doesn't too drastically change the sound of the whole band. Although we can talk a little later about maybe some of our disagreements about. I'm, I'm anxious John to Bunch. see how th- this goes. Oh, yeah, about okay. John Bunch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, first impressions. Rest in peace, or, Blake. Did, it, did anyone? Else, I know. Did anyone else have any good? Uh, just any notes about kind of the album itself before we get into first impressions and the songs and whatnot? It, I don't know if any of you guys found anything about it. This uh, is get, this is going to be stupid, but like when I saw we we've talked about the blockbuster music seat. You mm-hmm. know, they had ten seats, and like at the time, it was like, whoa, this is a pink album cover. A what pink, is this? Yeah. What's this gonna sound it's a like? It's a great album cover. It is. I really do so, like the album I, cover. So I was a lot. drawn to the artwork, and it looked different than anything else at the time. Well, and if yeah, you I grew agree. up uh, listening to Christian music exclusively, and you were still in that like, you know, transition, then you know all these Tooth and Nail albums were available at like Mardell's and Christian bookstores, which is so. where I got it. Is it yeah, Mardell? exactly. I remember. I remember like listening to the demo because uh, they just would have the. CDs in the rack and had the demo sticker on it. You just take it and go put it in a CD player. It was unlike the blockbuster music thing where they kind of had oh, the right. set out ones. You could just go like grab an album. And if there wasn't a demo one, they would open one for you kind of thing. Uh, so I listened to it. But yeah, it was. And you know, it, it was certainly cooler than any of the others, like sort of Christian rock bands at the time. If oh, yeah. this counted in that thing, oh, yeah. it was sold at Mardell. So it counted as far as like, I could convince my mom at the time that it was a Christian album. If it was sold at Mardell. <laughs> so that, that's mom, all, that's what all we I'd were like, all doing. I'd like that's to worship we to this mom. <laughs> yeah. Can, so, can I worship? Yeah. So anyway, I just 
Yeah, immediate. So let's talk about first impressions then. So, I mean, my wait, first impression. Wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go Can ahead. I go back to one thing I was about to say? Yeah, did, you, did your mom, Kyle, ever, or your mom, Blake, like ever, like look at the names of the songs and just like, like ask, like, like, I just need to know, like, like a MXPX, like, what does Move to Bremerton have to do with Jesus? And you were like, well, <laughs> he's not talking about like. It's metaphorical, you know. mom. Yeah, that's what I always said every time. Anyway, no, but my mom did always ask me what songs were about, and I was like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Care. Like I don't care. I don't know. Like I didn't write the song, mom. Uh, I was Sorry, like, what just would, a, you know. Anyway, just a one off uh, there. I thought I thought that was I was I just had this like memory pop on my head of like running down these song names and being like, oh come on, mom, let's not play this game. We both know what this is. <laughs> do Do you guys remember the chart that they had at Mardell? That was like, if you like this secular band, you'll like, and it was a Christian oh, I band. I did not. I don't remember seeing that, but I probably I, would have my eyes pretty hard at it. Well, I got burned hard by it. And <laughs> and like... <laughs> well, obviously you got burned so, hard by it. And so like, <laughs> I distrusted... Can you give us Are there any Dude, examples that you I'll can never, us? I'll never forget. If you like Real Big Fish, you'll like DC Talk. And I was oh. like... Those aren't anything alike. That's not dude. Even- and actually, I, it made me dislike DC Talk in an unfair <laughs> way. Like, yeah, because DC I, Talk I is actually really cool. Yeah, they yeah, they're some, fine. That album sounds phenomenal, great songs, but it's not like real big. It's fish. not real. It's, it's nothing not- like real big fish. So, no, not that poster close. was a lie. Yeah, that's that's a stretch. That's yeah. probably some forty-two-year-old man at some office here in Oklahoma City. He was just, just, he was just, he was like spinning a wheel. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I feel like there was just like, he had 10 secular, 10 Christian. He got to the end. He's like, uh, well, I guess real big fish. Syllables. Real big fish. DC talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hellish lie. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, you got sold a bill of goods on that one. Um, so yeah, first impressions. I mean, that was my first impression was demo CD. I mean, the drums were probably the first thing that caught my attention of just like, what are all these time signatures? I don't yeah. think I even understood that the time signature was changing all the time. Uh, I'm sure I did. Maybe it's 2001. Uh, but the drum, yeah, drums are just awesome. Just lots of crazy drums. I love his style. It's very unique. And a lot of six, eight, which I like six, eight, although generally six, eight's more like the ballady kind of stuff. And they're like rocking the six, eight all the time. Um, so it's just different. I can't, you know, I'm sure there's lots of bands that uh, they were influenced by that I didn't listen to at the time. So I came in on the back end of the things that probably were doing that before. I'm not saying they invented some style of music. It was just the first time I'd heard it. So um, what about you guys? What were your first impressions? Well, don't don't all go mine, at once. <laughs> mine, mine's a little weird um, because I moved to Denver and I'd gotten super into Dashboard Confessional. I had never heard of Further Seems Forever. So we were. Until... How did that happen? We knew each other at the time. I don't think. No, no. This is two thousand one, right? Yeah, but I remember you coming back and telling me about. Oh, uh... I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. I, so I didn't realize the record. Okay. So I didn't realize the record had come out yet. Okay. Or, or, or sorry. Okay. This is this is why it's confusing. I I was really into Dashboard Confessional. And then I, me and my buddies were at Cornerstone, and they're oh, like, okay. "You need to come see this band for the Seems Forever." I had no idea the correlation, and I'm right. pretty sure it was like one of their first or second shows with Jason, like, and he was singing, right. I think. Yeah, so that's I weird. Know. So I guess I Jason know. was already singing for them he's in the still, summer. 
of two thousand one. No, I think Chris was still because Chris didn't. Oh, maybe he. There's was. no way he was at Cornerstone. He was already blown up because yeah, you're that, right. You're that right. record had come out. The second one. Um, yeah, the second one had come out. Yeah, uh, the so places you've gone. come to fear the most. Yeah, places. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Your timeline. But they were, but they were freaking great. Yeah, they were awesome. awesome. Yeah. Man, he could sing. I couldn't believe it. Guys, you're gonna make me jump the gun saying all this stuff. I can't jump the gun on my further seems forever opinions. Well, that's okay. We'll we'll talk about the singing stuff, I'm sure, here in a moment. But uh, Kyle, what were your first impression of Further Seems Forever, this album, with Chris Carrava then? Don't <laughs> jump um, to the other singers yet. I, I mean, I think that they sounded like nobody that I'd heard before in, in, in a really cool way. You know, like, I feel like I was so into punk rock and pop punk that, like, it was such a breath of fresh air to to listen to Further Seems Forever. I was like, man, I don't know why I'm digging this as much as I do, but I do. I dig this. I like it. It sounds good. It sounds nice. And um, and it rocked. And I and I don't know because I, I really haven't back cataloged all that much and listened to like a ton of strong arm. So I don't know like musically how similar it is or not, but I do wonder if if maybe you know, like when we talked about newfound glory, like a bunch of, a bunch of what they do musically is hardcore music. I'm not right. sure if this was the kind of melodic hardcore that they were playing with just screaming over it. I, I, I haven't listened to enough strong arm, but, but I dug it. So yeah, right away. I, the other thing I, I sort of side note, I didn't see them for, I mean, it was probably two maybe 2003 or something like that before I saw them and it was Jason with the band or whatever, but I was always excited to like watch Steve play drums because I didn't even know what he was doing some of the times. And I was, I was impressed that he's playing like a four piece. He's like, doesn't have a lot going on, but he's left-handed. So I couldn't tell what, you know, I couldn't like Uh, actually read what he was doing. I know that sounds really weird, but I was like, everything was backwards or mirrored. So, um, that was kind of a weird side note on the drums that I was just excited to see him actually play live. And then I, like, oh, what's he doing all these times? And anyway, he's just a really interesting drummer. And like, this is a weird uh, connection, but like, uh, because I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock, there was a lot more, you know, weird stuff. You got more, you know, Pink Floyd and Rush and things like that that do weird time signatures and stuff like that. And so it kind of reminded me of a new cool way to do some of that stuff that happened a lot in the 70s uh, with cool kind of classic rock, but kind of taking, you know, time signatures, weird drum stuff the intricate guitar stuff. It just, it, that was the only thing that it kind of reminded me of, but in a completely different way than any of that stuff. But it just was, you know, everything else that I was listening to at the time was like straight power chords essentially, or like singer songwriter right. stuff. So this was kind of a weird in between thing. So, um, yeah. And then it's kind of funny, Chris, that you were listening to dashboard confessional first and then heard further seems forever. And I yeah. was the opposite. I was listening to this album. I loved this album and I had heard of Dashboard Confessional. I even remember like being in the car with you and Tyler and you saying like, oh, it's like Chris's new band or something like that. So you had probably knew, known both of them at that point. But uh, someone told me like, oh, it's Dashboard Confessional. And then I figured out it was Chris Carrabba. And I was like, oh, well, I love Further Seems Forever. So, I mean, I didn't realize, like I said, those were Swiss Army Romance. They record right. uh, Moon Is Down. I And then Moon Is Down comes out uh, like right at the same time as uh, places you have come to fear the most. I mean, they're within a couple months of each other. 
Yeah, and that's why it's hard for me to remember the first time I actually listened to this record because all those memories just get jumbled in my head because it was such <laughs> like bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's once. probably within a couple months that I that this all happens or whatever. But anyway, kind of a weird thing. So um, yeah, so that's kind of first impressions. Uh, sounds like we all like the album. Do you guys want to jump into track by track? Do it. All right. Well, uh, obviously, first we have. The title track, The Moon is Down. It's nice when someone puts the title track first, isn't it? All right, here we go. Mm hmm. Kyle, what do you think? Um, I'm going to refer to my notes, if that's okay with you guys. Please please do. I've got notes as well. Let's hear By yours. all means. I say this is one of my favorite introduction tracks of all time. I it, completely agree. It's just like, hey, this is who we are. And it's like, whoa, I love that. They sound awesome. I also wrote bass lines with a Z. With a Z. Um, that means it's better if it's got a Z, yep, right? Okay. Definitely. And um and also the I mean the the echoes are perfect on on this song. It's just one of my favorite introduction tracks of all time. That's it. It totally defines them. First of all, there's a time change in like the first measure of yep. the song, which they do a lot. I love the airplane sound connecting with the airplane our album artwork. I just feel like it. I don't know which came first, chicken or egg on that kind of thing, but I love it. It just totally like, okay, we're into this thing. I'm like, I've seen the artwork. I now pop this in a CD player, you know, great little ramp up, then just rock out for whatever, two and a half minutes. Um, it's a great intro track and it's, pro I mean, it sold me. I'm mean, as far as if you, back in the day when you're grabbing a demo CD and listening to it in a store to see if you are willing to spend 12 of your hard earned dollars that you did whatever mowing lawns or whatever when you're a teenager uh you know you got to get grabbed pretty quick and this one did it chris yeah yeah and and more like 18 dollars at mardell's they had quite a yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in 2001 you're right they might have been a little more yeah. expensive yeah that, that was going to missions chris yeah well uh, yeah all that to say man yeah it really does come out swinging doesn't it it's um, a pretty incredible like few seconds the airplane noise and then name of the album screamed out yep um, yeah time right signature there. what's going on with the drums he did 70 yep. he, he did 17 more fills than most drummers do the whole record like in that first yeah. stanza of the verse um he never a, stops moving i mean no oh ever. god no no yeah no. it's a cool introduction to to the record and um a great great song i saw dashboard at uh lloyd noble one time so that's a pretty big pretty big spot. And he, uh, went into sort of in the middle of, I can't remember which song it was now. I could probably look back and find it, but cause I write set list down everywhere I go. But, uh, he went into a version of the moon is down like, and oh, nice. like full band. And I was probably one of 30 people in the arena that was really excited about it. <laughs> Everyone else was like, I don't know this song. Uh, but it was really cool. It was, uh, it was a very cool thing. 
did I go with you to that concert? Was that with Story of the Year? Uh, like a, no, it was with. Mm, wait, he couldn't have played there with? that many times. Maybe it was Story. Of the, there was it was someone else. It was a weird pairing, but like it was one that I was like, all right, I'll check that out. It may have been Story. I'm gonna have to go look back and see who it was. It was it was a weird. Because it was like one of those things that OU put together. I yep. got it. It's, you know. it's 2004. Uh-oh. Who is it? The, uh, the 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 art the original article at the OU Daily is still up. Oh no my gosh! Um, they've got some CSS issues though. Here I'm having trouble <laughs> reading. <laughs> uh, Clear Channel. Oh man, I cannot tell. I don't yeah. know who it was either. You know what? I think. Um, I can picture it was like someone. Uh, anyway, we'll I'll have to figure that out. Um, that's going to drive me nuts, but it was a good show. Just so you know, Spanish freshman Hakeem Shakir said it's going to be a sweet concert. (laughs) (laughs) And they were right. He was (laughs) was right. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Chris, any other thoughts on, uh, the, the moon is down or should we go to the Bradley? Yeah. No, there's a track or book, the book that you read. (laughs) Yeah. How does, how, how does this coincide with the book? It was a shtick, guys. I didn't read the book. Oh, gosh. All right. Come We're on. ruining all of our shticks today. All right. Here's the Bradley. This is I have to point out that in that 30 second clip, there are three different time signatures. So it goes three, four, five, four, four, four. It's just, it's like I said, I didn't, I couldn't probably count what was actually going on uh, back then, but it's cool. And it's a perfect extension of the first track. I mean, it's like that pause and it's like basically the same tempo. It's just, it's almost like it's one track with a little half second pause in between the two of them. How do you uh, yeah how how do you even think of that? Like they had they had to have known those tracks were going back to back like when they wrote no, them. No, no, I'm talking about the um the, those time signatures all that. Oh, together. I know. I don't know. Like, can and you I imagine don't... just four guys in a garage? Like, oh no 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 five four five four. Oh okay, got it got it. So I go yeah, into that and then I go, no no not that. Like, how in the world do these things come together? That's why I was so curious about the songwriting. Is like, who is in charge of? how this happens. I mean, it's like, you know, is it, did a guitarist come up with a lick and he's doing all the weird time things? I would think that Steve, the drummer that's doing all the weird time stuff. Cause chances are he's the drummer and he knows about time signatures more than everyone else in the band. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's uh, not fair for me to not give the guitarist and bass player <laughs> enough uh, credit, but I don't know. It's just, you're right. It's super, um, but it'd be so much fun to write melodies and lyrics for, this band, I feel like, which is, well, maybe it's not. They went through three singers pretty quickly, but <laughs> apparently um, not. But man, I mean, it's just the music is so cool that I mean, I would think that like it would be easy to put melody and lyrics on top of this. You're not having to, uh, you've got a lot to work with. Kyle, what do you think? Second track, the Bradley. Um, great second track, snare drums with a Z. Um, 
the the thing is like I can say for myself, I'm not at all uh I'm not at all a technical musician. And so I I certainly didn't know what they were doing, but I could feel it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it it, it yeah. felt cool. It felt right. And um and so I, I just I, I love that. And now when you point out that there are time signature changes, of course, like I can, I'm, I'm far enough along now that I can hear that and I can recognize it, but I definitely didn't then. And, but it still, it felt good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just felt awesome. So it's like, I know Chris and I air drum all the time. That's our thing. Steering wheel, steering wheel drumming and air drumming. And this was not, you had to like really practice your air drumming to be able to air drum along with this because it just things changed all the time you'd think you'd be oh, going yeah. along and it would change and you wouldn't so i mean now it's like uh you know it's like a imprint in my memory as as uh as well as the lyrics of uh you know getting jiggy with it and things like that from the early 2000s <laughs> for whatever reason they can just come on i'm like oh why i know all these lyrics that is stored in there but sometimes by i forget which child i'm talking to by the great william style. smith <laughs> wonderful I Dude, saw, this song there, oh go ahead I was just going to say, I saw a great tweet one time that was like, I can't believe we're already 18 years into the millennium. <laughs> oh, I know. It has not, it has not been that great. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. This song, um, lyrically, I, I think one thing that you get tired of when you listen to a lot of pop punk is songs about your girlfriend being mean and, you know, and then emo starts to change things a little. You get these really deep lyrics, but if you just read them, and read into them a little bit. You're like, okay, this is a not poetic person trying to sound really interesting and deep, but these guys, like they really come out swinging lyrically this song. Yeah. I mean, if you were going to break up with somebody, it kind of feels a little bit like a, a song about ending a relationship. I don't know if it's a few, you know, I don't know what it's about, but um, yeah, if you, if you said these words to me, I, I think that would end me. I mean, it's, it's very, very well yeah. done. <laughs> I think- um, it, and, and some, I was also going to say some of, some of their uh, lyrics and, and music, it almost gives me like a Bernie Toppin, Elton John kind of vibe where, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like it's like the, the lyrics are kind of crafted, um, you know, to one side and then placed with the music. And that gives it this really interesting feel with the time signatures and everything. And I wonder if that's what was going on sometimes. Like, is he writing lyrics and then just like fitting them in a song or is he hearing the song and trying to write lyrics for it? I don't know. I'm always interested about that kind of thing. Cause you're right. The Bernie Toppin Elton John thing is a great example of like a guy that writes lyrics and then Elton John makes it fit to music, you know? And it's an interesting way of doing it. Cause it's basically just taking poetry and putting it to music kind of thing. I don't know what Chris Carabo is doing here, but I do think it's like, um, in between you're right. Just like songs about, uh, girls suck or whatever, or they are great, whichever mood you're in at the time. Uh, and then like, we can go too far down the emo path. Uh, I just feel like Chris Grob is really good about like taking one moment and, and writing a song about it. And it didn't have to be, um, I don't know. It didn't have to be anything, uh, crazy emo or something. You know, sometimes some of these songs are clearly just about, you know, one little thing that happened and he wrote a whole song about it. So, it's a good example. Speaking of uh, things, though, that are uh, great songwriting material, should we go to Snowbirds and Townies? Yeah. All right. Do track it. three, Snowbirds and Townies.
It's such a good song. Uh, Kyle, do you have opinions? Do you have notes on this song? Um, I do. So I say mixtape material first and foremost. Absolutely mixtape material. Um, the guitar scale at the end. Yes. Love it. Um, and I was going to say that ending is like, this song for me is the is the definition of like, we're just going to give you a small taste of perfection and you're going to want to start this right over again. Do you know how hard it was for me to pick 30 <laughs> seconds of this song to preview? Cause the intro is perfect. The middle mm-hmm. of it's perfect. The changes from that section and uh, the kind of verse chorus kind of thing. And then the end you're right is like soaring and epic. And you're right. That, that walk up scale on the guitar is fantastic with Chris holding that high note. I would just play the whole thing on this podcast, but I don't think that's, illegal for fair use but uh you know if you haven't listened to this song in a while and you're listening to this podcast you can just hit pause go listen to the song come back you should listen to us talk about it. you really should honestly you should probably do that with all these podcasts like listen to the song we'll talk about it uh anyway it's such a good song and a totally cool thing that like you know he lives in florida i have never lived in a place where people fly in for the winter to hang out at their summer home or you know their their vacation home and then fly away and like you know, especially beaches and awesome cute girls and bikinis on the beaches and whatnot. Uh, it was just a totally unique song that like, you know, for me as a guy in landlocked Oklahoma, I was like, oh, I've never thought about that. That would be a unique experience to someone that lives in Florida. Uh, anyway, I just, I love everything about this song. I can't, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. You're right, Kyle. I, I've, I have never had anywhere close to that kind of restraint in writing when I thought I wrote something that was awesome and oh, I only yeah. wanted to do it for that short of a, of an amount of time. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yes. let's just do it once and leave them hanging. Like, no. no. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> yeah. It, they really, you're right. You just want to play it. And I did play it over and over again. I mean, I yep. wore this track out on the album. Chris, what do you think? I mean, this was, we've gushed about it. Well, yeah, this was kind of their single off this record. Uh, and it, it, uh, I think it even had a video with Chris Brava. Don't get it me did. started on that again. So where did, when did the video happen? We'll talk about that later anyway. But yes, I was going to say the exact same thing as Kyle, because this begins a, a, um, a pattern of this band for me where there's this one cool bridgy, interesting part in the middle of the song. And, and like, you're the whole song you're just kind of like oh man it's that one part i mean like you're always gonna stay in your car and and keep listening oh yeah like you know and all i can think of is like when my kids get older like like just sitting there like to you know listening to the second chorus and like all right dad i'm like no no wait 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 it's really cool you just have to wait you just have to wait (laughs) because uh yeah 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 it's uh yeah this uh, is 100 you're right one of those songs where if it comes on like whatever the iPod Spotify, whatever's on shuffle or something. I'm not going to turn the car off in the middle of the song. doesn't matter. I'm going to sit in the driveway for the next three minutes or whatever. It's not, there's only a handful of songs like that for me that I'm like, I can't stop this song. Anytime it starts, I have to listen to the whole thing. It's bothering me right now that I can't listen to the entire thing and just listen to that 30 second clip. But, uh, you know, that's how it goes. And I learned what a snowbird was just like you guys. I was like, well, I, I, you know, Right, kind of figure you kind of figured out the song tells the story. You're like you can figure out what a snowbird is by the end if you do your homework. Yep, it is. Uh, it is uh, doable. You can figure that out. So anyway, very very unique song. I love it. It's great. Uh, shall we go on to 
I assume once again, I get into trouble with some of these albums because I've never said, is it Monachetti? Oh, I've never said it out loud. Uh, I I've believe it's said... pronounced Manicotti. <laughs> his family, really? his family do own Carabas. Did you know that? No. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no, no, that no, 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 no. That is true. You are a filthy liar. There's no way that's true. Google. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it's I, true. I'm, I'm marking down the time because I gotta fact check that. <laughs> And uh, so I believe that that is an Italian dish. Okay. You know what? I will look both of those things up, <laughs> check the show notes, and we will have a fact check on... Um, it's, it's a monacetti. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Kyle... Oh my gosh! I'm I'm about ninety nine and a half percent sure that Kyle is totally jerking with us right now. No. But uh, all right. Anyway, what... The fourth track of the record is what we're going to play now. I really love that little part where it just goes to the clicking and the guitar is playing before the second verse. I think it's very cool. Chris, Me too. thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, that part's really cool. Um, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion about this song. It's just, it just kind of, it's just kind of like uh, right there in the middle after that really, really good song that I probably already went back to. And if it's 2001 to listen to, again. you probably, yeah, you played Snowbirds and Townies three <laughs> when times. When I think of this song, I think of that lone, I think of that lone receiver part. That's, that's all that really sticks in my head. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot on this one. It just doesn't do it for me. I'd say this one dives into your lyric, uh, um, sort of theory that maybe trying to be deeper than, needed it feels a little bit maybe like oh yes like like they went too far with this one i could yeah yeah but maybe that maybe that's it for me maybe that's why i just yeah good melodies good guitars (laughs) no yeah absolutely kyle do you have any notes Uh, thoughts i i'm i'm i do enjoy this song um more now we'll get to that later um but i my notes are lone receiver part is cool (laughs) (laughs) See? <laughs> so I'm going to agree with my birthday buddy on that one. And by the way, just for the record, for anyone that is listening to this podcast, we don't, we, we'd say what album we're going to do. We really don't have any pre-talk about this. So it is interesting that sometimes we pick the exact same parts. Oh, yeah. Write a note about or whatever. Um, especially on something like that, that wouldn't be as obvious. I, cause that I, didn't I, stick out to me necessarily, but it's well, but there's not an acting bone in the body of all three of us. Like if we plan a joke, everyone's going to know. Like that, gonna know it's yeah. going to be so obvious. Like, Oh yeah, that was, uh, he was like, wait. He had, he, that one in the pocket. Yeah. Like every intro of this podcast. So, uh, well, right. Cool, let's... <laughs> no, the intro is obviously going to be canned. You can't yeah. come up with that stuff on top of your head. No, we're not the pod at saves America guys. Like we we're are not, not that witty. Uh, all right. Madison prep.
do love that they let the bass player get one stab at him by himself. <laughs> Kyle likes that too. He's a bass player. Yeah, I like that. Kyle, thoughts? Um, I mean, I like this one. It's more rocking. Uh, I, I have in the notes that the megaphone, you know, kind of sounding yeah. repeating vocal is uh, cool and very cutting edge for the time. It's also saying the word repetition. <laughs> yeah. So. Which is interesting. Is that um, meta? That's meta. I think wow. we call that meta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's this is a straightforward rock song, kind of. It's about the most straightforward song on the album, as far as like, you know, I, it's maybe it might only be one time signature. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that, but it's the least complicated song on the record. Chris. Yeah, see, that's part of the reason that song before this, whose name I don't know where we landed. Monachetti, I think is what it is. I think Kyle's screwing with us. <laughs> Kyle. But all I can picture with, with now, now I can only say it like this. Uh, if you can't see me, but I'm holding my hand in the air like a stereotypical Italian. Monachetti. And I will never, ever, ever unsee that. And I'm almost 40 years old. Like, that's yep. cha- That's something that's changed for it's me. It's changed our lives. I yeah. will never see the back of that song. Monachetti. But yeah, the, that, that's kind of why that song, I, it, the song before this is only like two, you know, two minutes, 30 seconds, something like that. And it's always because I wanted to get to this song because this is like the most like rocking out. Uh, you know, really cool song. Um, Great on the lyrics album. too. Yeah, really yes. good lyrics. Yes, songs about like just integrity and like, yeah, I don't know, man, I love it. It's 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 definitely yeah, it's a rocker. Solid. Tune. I just I just love that the training spin on all your words and all it was repetition. It's like I feel like I'm guilty of that all the time. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna plan exactly what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go up to that guy and I'm gonna tell. And then like yeah, it's just like pointless. So, um. Did yeah, everyone call you out? Did, did anyone ever call you out and just say, it sounds like you were training pretty hard on all your words there, Blake. No one ever did that. I, I feel like I always train <laughs> on my words after. It's like I leave a situation going like, I should have said that. That's what always well, happens I, to me. It always happens later. Whenever I rehearse something in my head like that, and then like I, I'm about to have a conversation, it's always that I just completely misunderstood the situation. The other person's like super nice, and it was all misunderstanding so it's wasted yeah. training spent on all those words it is all right well that's uh, a life lesson for all you guys out there yeah life lessons we're, assume see, we're positive to... intent oh yeah <laughs> we've had that drilled into our heads for sure all right let's go to new year's project This has got to be the most emo song on the record, right? I'll give you my life because I don't own anything. That's an emo lyric right there. Amen. Yes. But it's good. It's a really good song. And I like, I think his, uh, I think one of the things I like about his vocal, which is kind of this song and the next song, I think, uh, I don't know, kind of show that well, is like uh, he can go from like really loud up high, basically Mm. belting. And then he can be really soft and quiet and sweet and stuff. And 
uh, I don't know. He just got a good range of dynamics, I guess is what we would call that. Not and he always like, sounds good. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. He sounds good quiet. He sounds good loud. Um, yeah. He's got a unique voice for this kind of thing. I feel like a lot of people are really good at one or the other, um, but you know, not very good, especially the quiet part. It's, it's sometimes it's easier to sing loud than it is to sing quiet. Uh, and he does a good job. And there's, there's a little bit of that on this one and the next song too. But, uh, other thoughts on New Year's project fellas. I mean, I freaking love this song. Yeah. I love this song, dude. I mean, it's such a great song. I freaking love it. I love how it starts off really quiet and chill. Yep. I love when he says the bottle is all I had until now. Once yep. again, bought it at Mardell's. I was like, how is this happening? Okay, I'm just going to walk out with this thing and act like nothing <laughs> happened. But it was, it was interesting to me hearing. bottle of grape juice, Chris. It was interesting to me hearing. Uh, you know, I grew up very religious and it was, in, I'm, I, I, I might be getting a little deep on this one. It was really interesting. It was like one of the first times I heard about like a, a man who, who was probably like somewhere close to my age and like admitting about a struggle with something like that. Um, I don't know, man, it, it was really deep to me. It still gives me goosebumps to this day when I hear that line. Cause it's such a beautiful, um, honest lyric. And on, on top of that, on, on such a beautiful, great song. Yeah. Kyle. Dude. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that went the way that it did because I was so scared my note is just that the these lyrics hit hard for me when I like when I heard it the first time. This this was a time in music was like so saccharine, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like everything oh, gosh, was yeah. just so. And I guess that's not fair. I guess stained was around also. Well, we don't. But, but that's you know the other I mean, way. Right? That's the yeah, other that's way the where other it was way. like it's so deep that you're like, oh, okay, I get it, Aaron. Yeah, and <laughs> like, and it's not even. By the way, if we're gonna go that direction, I mean. <laughs> It's like painful how bad the poetry is on all of That's that what I'm rap saying. rock stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean it's just so. Yeah, it's cringeworthy. So, but. so for me, it, like, I don't even think that it's like it's not. It wasn't that it was deep. It was just honest. And like when people are honest, you can relate. Like music does its thing, right? Like people yeah. relate to it. Mm-hmm. You've got this kid singing to someone that he loves. And he's like, I don't really have anything to offer you but this. And like that, it, it gives me chills every time I listen to it because he means it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we, and like, I'm, I'm no, uh, I'm, I'm the king in my castle, but I'm no king. And so like, I relate to that, you know, like I've been there and, and, uh, I love it. It's one of my faves. See, another moment where we did not talk about this a single time in our entire lives. And yet we had the same feelings. And and also, if if they've listened to other episodes, they know that like this doesn't. It's not like this happens all the time. You know what I mean? So yeah, this is a but special it, album, guys. But it's also good. I mean, it's a good point to show that you know you can write something or make something that is. Um, there are probably parts of it that are more universally understood and felt than other things. And oh so, yeah, yeah. You know. The I, lyrics I, I of did. this song, I think a lot of people, I assume, if three out of the three of us, I mean, if you take a thousand Further Seems Forever fans, I mean, there's probably a huge chunk of them that feel the same way. So it's interesting that, like, you know, you can, I don't know, I think it's awesome that you can write something that has a an effect on people. I, well, I wish, and I wish, I wish I would have understood more then, like, as a younger man, 
like what it was that, that was resonating with me. Cause I, I see it like with my, my age and my quote unquote wisdom <laughs> that it is the honesty. I don't, I couldn't figure, I don't think I could have put the words to that. Um, then I just, I, yeah. could, I could just feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other side, we're obviously same, same all... as the time signature changes, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a good point. <laughs> and we're it, all, it, it just resonated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like, Oh, I probably didn't get the honesty part either. Honestly, we all were writing songs at this point. We're all songwriters, not, you know, Oh, we're, make we're a living songwriters. On it, but we're songwriters. <laughs> <laughs> we like writing songs, but I mean, you know, I, I was always just like lyrics are always the worst thing for me. So, I mean, albums like this and really kind of all of Chris Grava's stuff are pretty intimidating for me. Cause I'm just like, man, I, you, I hate that. Like you can take this one simple thing that like we've all gone through, like whatever it's a fight or liking a girl or whatever. And you can say it way better than I can. Yeah. Uh, so there's also a bit of talent there too. Uh, I could be as honest as I want to be and not write probably lyrics as good as, uh, as this song and some others, but that he's written. Just, yeah. I mean, I, I do think I, I would assume that, that, Chris wrote it and we're just yeah. getting glimpses, you know, at like what he does. Right. Yeah. He's pretty good at, it. uh, shall we go to just until sundown? Again, I mean, maybe we should start prefacing the beginning of the podcast with this. I feel like you, you should go listen to the whole song and then come back and listen to us yap about it because I, I think this is my favorite lyrical song on the record. I just think that, again, like it's a great example of him taking one thing, like a little fight, and then writing this whole song about it. And uh, I just love it. I love the just because you said what you wanted doesn't make it right line. That's such a classic thing that i do is shoot my mouth off <laughs> it's like just good, and good example of like hey sometimes being honest is still not okay it's still mean uh yeah. so um anyway yeah. I, I i love this song i think it's great and again it's a really good chris graba singing quiet dynamically um because <clears throat> a lot of people would just belt out everything all the time especially around this time everyone just kind of went out for it and i, I like that he was uh of course he was at the time he goes off to be in a i'm playing acoustic guitar opening for hardcore bands so he obviously is like no i'm gonna do this thing that's kind of weird uh it's not you know forget that like place in time that was not something that was really happening uh, you know with especially in this genre yeah do you guys have thoughts about the song in general oh i i liked your thoughts Okay, yeah, I did well, too. that's fine. Yours were mm-hmm. really good. Okay. <laughs> I also Thank like that you. line. I also have always loved the watching you, watching the ones that I wanted to be line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's just, he's, he's good. Yep. He's very good at, uh, at turning a phrase, I feel like. Well, I guess we'll go on to uh, pictures of shorelines, if I can uh, get it queued up here. Here we go. 
song so this is a, another one um on this record that just like completely rocks <laughs> like i mean it's a million it miles made, an hour yeah it's it's it, it's not like forbidden beat halftime fast uh like like me and kyle were playing all the time uh and listening to but it's it's still really fast i mean it's really they, fast they, they go for it man um yeah this the I, whenever i hear this song i always think man i just would love to like just one one more time, like go go uh, see them play this live, but like with Chris Caraba, yeah. When they were all like in their twenties and and still, yeah. you know, because it probably slowed it down a few BPMs as if they played it again. Kyle, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, dude, it's a I wrote rocking tune, and also I feel like it's perfectly placed uh, mm-hmm. in the album. It's just like it it was the right time to to rock out again, like. And I'm not complaining that they like kind of hypnotize you, get, put you in this lull in the songs before. I loved being put there, but like I also, you also need to be brought out of it. And so it was, it's, it's, uh, it's a great rocking tune and it is perfectly placed on the album, in my opinion. I know it's easy to have hindsight bias on this kind of thing, but I can't think of another order this album could be in. I mean, it's really sure. yeah. track, track by track, they really like, perfect first two tracks snowbirds is exactly where it should be and then the next four songs are also perfect it's like new year's project and just until sunday i like that we put the whole lull in the middle of the record and then okay we're back to rocking pictures of shorelines here you go it's 100 miles an hour and uh i love it i love the line sorry i love the line you're my best side and less of you is more than i can take those are just great little nuggets of, of lyrics that I think are so good. Uh, little emo digs. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Great song. I love it. Super fast. Uh, I'm into it. Any other thoughts on pictures of shorelines? Did no. we talk good. about how fast, did we talk about how fast the song was? It was very we, fast. Did we talk about the tempo? Let me check the notes. <laughs> Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. Tempo. Yeah. We did talk about <laughs> tempo. Yes. All right. Let's go on to wearing thin. Kyle, let's go to you first. Um, well, I'm wondering if I have my notes correct. You guys, you guys will. I'll feel silly if I'm wrong, but I have fade out. Whoa, on this one, is this the fade out track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the fade out is pretty intense, um, and I love the chorus of this song, um, but 
one of the things that I think about the most, like even in that clip that you just played is yes, they're all skilled musicians, but like, there's just like the recording of his voice. It's just like so pure. There's like nothing to it and it sounds so good. And it just kind of pisses me off how nice his voice sounds. (laughs) And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it like it just makes me kind of hate Chris Caraba a little bit. Um, I mean, I I Even like this song. All love him. I like this song, and I and I really like the chorus. Um, I think it's the best chorus, like hook melody wise. Yeah, yeah, to- the whole record. totally. Yeah, it, it's oh, a definitely. great hook. Um, but like, really, it just makes me think like this is a great hook. Dude is ju- just like singing, and there's a great there's a great BGV on it and it sounds freaking awesome. And I'm pissed at how simple and awesome it is. And, but but I love it. It's, it's weird too, because if I go back to like when I first listened to this record and all the confusing tapestries of lead singers and bands that, that brought me to listening to this record after I already liked dashboard confessional, like you listen to the whole record and you're almost just like, kind of like emotionally worn out. It's like taking you on this ride. It's so good. And then the song just, they just pin it on at the end. Freaking yeah. the best song, yeah. or like the best pop song, I would say. Yeah, yeah um, it's like most people. It's, yeah. <laughs> only look, a lot of people stack the front of their record with all the best songs. And then, oh, you don't know, you lie. That can't happen. <laughs> the, and then the back half is like a train wreck, or at least you've got one song that's a train wreck. This is one of the best songs on the record, and it's the second to last track. It's kind of yeah. the last track because a new desert life is kind of this weird thing that happens at the end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like you you're gonna go out swinging. You start, I mean, at, to, yeah, it just it really uh, and it's again perfect placement. The way the fade out happens and that chorus repeating, it's a great song. And to me, and maybe I'm I don't think this is what it's about or anything like that. For, but for me, it makes me sad because it, it feels like, Oh, this band doesn't exist anymore. Like basically by the time I figure out about them, yes. it's such a, like, go your own way. I'll be with you. I mean, it's like, it seems like it's about that. So it's almost like the lyrics of the song became a like morning thing for me because I never got to see further seems forever with Chris Caraba singing with them. And, um, I would have loved to, cause I feel like they just had such a cool thing. Um, and, well, because he'd been sad. in the band negative six months when the record came out. You never had a yeah. shot. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I never... You, you could literally buy this record, listen to the whole thing from the at 12.01 a.m. the day it came out, and there's yeah. not a single chance that you'll ever see him until 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... How many records does that happen on? Not... Yeah, not a lot, I guess. I mean, was uh, was the Gin Blossoms the same thing? Was he... Didn't he die before that record he died. came out or Wait, something? Wait, Gin Blossoms? Yeah, the singer uh, died before that album got big. No, uh, Sublime. He died. It happened well, Sublime, too, I think, right? The no, Gin Blossoms, uh, to, I thought, I thought it happened with Gin Blossoms. Oh, no, I, you thought, know I, I thought it happened on their second record, though, Blake. I think they got big and pumped out a second record that was overlooked because he died or something like that. So you the guy that's right. singing, the guy that I picture right now singing for the Gin Blossoms isn't the original lead singer? Well, no, he is, the guy you're picturing from from like the big record is it's just he deb okay well you know what's funny is when you said jim blossoms i was thinking of goo goo dolls so i'm all confused <laughs> you're thinking of johnny resnick <laughs> I was like, he's definitely still alive <laughs> yeah that guy cranks out a sappy song every two years i feel so like we're playing we're playing like 90s guess who like okay long hair <laughs> 
That's pretty good. Anyway, so I guess it does happen sometimes. Anyway, so that's what this song always makes me think of is how I'm sad that I never got to see Chris Carabo sing with uh, the closest I got was him singing a little bit of The Moon Is Down with Dashboard Confessional at Lloyd Noble with some band that we can't think of now. Um, well, that's, you know, it's, even when, when I was playing music, my dad always said, leave them wanting more. This is the ultimate leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting everything. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> No, no, also, I, I, well, and the band, like, literally, oh, like, hey, yeah, you'll never band, see us. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's true. I was going to say, I, will, I just to elaborate, like, a little bit on what I said, it makes me, it frustrates me because, like, also this song is, like, like you said, it's probably, like, the, the hookiest, you know, like, chorus. And so, like, I could listen to a whole album of that, like, I, what would that be like? You know what I mean? If he was just writing songs in this vein and singing songs in this vein, it'd be freaking awesome. And it's just like, dude, you can't, you can't be in further seems forever and then go start dashboard confessional and then be good at every kind of music. Yeah. It's just, it's just frustrating, but I'm happy for him. That's what sucks though. Like, especially like being guys that were in the music business is like, you know, you work so hard. You try so hard just to get a little sliver of success. These guys right. just crap out excellence on accident. Yep. Like, oh, well, this band, I don't really want, you know, the one guy doesn't want a tour. So we'll just make this fabulous record that sells a million copies. And, and I'll in my quit. spare time, I'll walk over and make this band that makes me like a bazillion dollars. Just kind of makes you mad. I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to New Desert Life, the final track on the record. Not only do we get time signature changes on this one, we get entire tempo changes. Um, thoughts? Whoever wants to go first. I, my, <laughs> if I don't my, call uh, one of your names, it's just no one talks. Chris, well, you get to go first. Oh, uh, sorry. I've got a very short note on this. this all the, all I can think of when I think of this song is love the song and oh my god, I'm listening to CD while I'm falling asleep and I'm about to get the crap scared out of me. I have the exact <laughs> same note, Chris. I kid you this, not. I, that song brings back that only memory. I'm sorry, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> my exact note was: I don't know if you, you all used to fall asleep to albums, but the end of this one is only slightly less creepy than Jars of Clay's self-titled album for some reason. Yep. Did anyone so, else so- that one? Same thing with the orchestra oh, and yeah, the weird. Yeah, oh. and like they're talking, and because you're yeah. just barely awake, and you're like, "Is someone in my room? Yeah. Is Jars of Clay in my room?" <laughs> I, yeah, think, this- I think Newfound Glory did one where someone's like. I'm in the house. Like, I think. Oh, yeah. That's not okay. Oh, that's not yep. okay. Yeah. That's so funny. We had the exact same note on the end of this. Yeah. That's exactly what would happen to me. It's like this note has a weird. Um, it's the same thing that happens to me with the lady that if you leave the phone off the hook. By the way, no, we don't even have phones that are off the hook. Can now. you see my notes? No, I can't. Oh, wait. Yep. Bottom line. Fake bonus track is stupid. <laughs> See, but I don't feel like it's a bonus track. It's just like, oh, we're gonna roll the, I guess, tape. So I didn't get, 
I didn't get scared by it, but at the time that was such a cool thing to have a hidden track. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was oh, like, definitely. Ooh, there's yeah. more to this. Yeah. Oh, there's going to be a hidden track. And then it was this. And so I was pissed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? De- like I was, right. I was expecting this, this serves no more. purpose. It's just them goofing yeah. off. But, um, so yeah, I don't love that it ends on the talky stuff. Uh, I th- would have maybe been better just with the song, but I get it. It was a thing that was happening back then. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why they're like, let's just uh, have the tape rolling and let's put that at the end of the record. Um, you know, but it's a, it's an interesting song. And once again, a cool kind of ending track. It's kind of a, uh, I feel like you can just loop right through this album, play this song, skip the talky parts, go back to the moon is down. Rock it. Yeah. You definitely hear, you definitely hear the, uh, the uh, hardcore roots a little bit in, um, I in agree. This rec- in this song. Um, that's uh something where uh, you, you, I don't know I try to put myself in the headspace of that band you've got these old these old ways and these old uh songs that you play I'm sure what's where like dude can we just like rip rip a little here like just right. uh, and, and they definitely do um it's cool or, that they saved it for the end too and if you put a bunch of distortion on the guitars and took out the like um you know dotted eight thing or whatever on the cymbals it really would basically be a hardcore breakdown on those, yeah. but you know, it's just that they're doing it with cleaner guitars and they're doing a little slower than maybe a hardcore band would. Uh, so you, you know, taking a thing and making it new. So good way to do it. Uh, so that is the track by track. Uh, let's talk about lasting impressions. Fellas, does the album hold up? I think we know the answer to this one. Kyle, yes. your opinion, it holds yeah, up. Chris, absolutely. do you think it holds up? I'm I'm a I'm a believer that is it is a holding up album. Yes. Yeah. To me, nothing feels. I know it sounds weird. Nothing feels dated about the album either. In my opinion, nope. like I think even it the recording, just, the recording sounds great. It, I think the songs are just as good as they were. I don't think it's just because it was like, oh, this is a cool new genre kind of thing. Uh, to me, it's stuck. Uh, I don't know if other people have the same opinion, but I think it's a fantastic album. Still, I think even more so than some of Dashboard stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I completely yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, is okay. Here we go. This is where we're gonna get really this, into this the is, good stuff. Gets, all right. This is where it, this is where it goes. Is it their best album, Kyle? Let's actually let's go to Chris first because I I want to get Chris's opinion first. Oh man, that's hard. <clears throat> that's yeah. really hard. I I mean, for me, there's only obviously there's only two albums we're comparing here. I think. <laughs> Yeah, Hopefully. Kyle's going to maybe disagree, but go ahead, Chris. I mean, oh, really? What, what do you think? I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he oh, is. I'm not. Okay, well, I, I don't know. There's an emotional component to this that will always exist for me. Um, I'm just one of those people that, you know, I can even watch like a bad movie and just kind of like laugh at the slapstick part. Like sometimes I'm just like shooting from the hip, like um, not like like I only think with my gut, but I'm just yeah. saying – I've just got these like emotional attachments to these different records. And for me, um, this record, since I just kind of like fell into it after getting super into dashboard confessional, it just never held like this, like really awesome place in my, in my right heart. Whereas how, uh, you know, the, the next record, um, how to start a fire. Yeah. How to start a fire. Like when I saw them live and they came out and they played that song first. And I mean, I can see it right now. I'll never forget it. And I remember when my buddy Kyle, whose dad worked at Mardell, <laughs> brought got, me that we're CD. We're going to mention Kyle a lot on this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Kyle. And he brought me, he played it for me. And Kyle had this way of, um, Kyle Schlein, uh, 
I think he still lives in Lawrence. I love that guy. He had this way of like making you understand why you should like an album he was about to play for you. Yeah. And then he was always right. <laughs> Proselytizing. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't have Kyle's help on the moon is down. So I, I guess I'm, that's a long way of saying how to start a fire is I'm going to go over this one, but barely by a nose. Okay, Kyle, you, uh, you have opinions. I do. And, and I agree with my birthday buddy, how to start a fire is better. Okay. Um, and, and here's the thing. And, and this is what I was alluding to earlier. This is what I love about further seems forever because like, I feel, I can feel good about how to start a fire being better because although the moon is down is just perfect. It's great. It's, it's awesome. They both went on to do better things. And so like how to start a fire was better in my opinion and dashboard was born. Right. And then I'm going to take it even further and say like, um, you know, John Bunch. Okay. Uh, not the best, but he gave us, there's a light up ahead. And like when, when that dude died and I got to listen to that song on repeat, it was so touching and perfect that that was his jam. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, it's actually kind of terrible and sad, but yeah, it, it, it is terribly sad, but like it's, there's something about this band that like they bring out the best in whoever they bring on. And like, it's, it's, it really is poetic that like, because I'm not, I'm not a huge, uh, John Bunch fan. I don't, I don't hate him or anything like that. You know what I mean? I don't despise his music, but like, in my personal opinion, there's a light up ahead is the best thing he ever did. And, um, and so, you know, it's just another example of, of them teaming up with this dude and whatever, whatever it is that they bro- both brought to the table was just, it was perfect. And it made this perfect song that we get to listen to forever. And also Jason Gleason, man, like just that dude's voice is, I mean, we, we talked about how good Chris Caraba's voice is this whole time. And then it's like, oh yeah. And, and we got this new singer, his name's Jason Gleason. And you're like, oh, he's good. There's no way. How do you follow up Chris Caraba? And they're like, that's how you follow up Chris Caraba. Like, it, it's yeah. just, it's like, it's perfect. Like the, it, sorry, I'm just rambling now, but like, it's okay. It's all Jason good stuff. Gleason, it's allowed. It's, it's your podcast. Stuff. Uh, you know, I, I really, I guess, okay, if I have to go back in time, obviously, you know, as dashboard happens and I realize, okay, well, he's not in this band anymore that I love. And then they got a new singer and they've got a new album coming out and I am skeptical. I mean, very, very skeptical that a, I don't think very often can you replace a lead singer in a band and it works well. It just, it's just the hardest part to replace. It just is. You can replace almost anyone else in a band and it's easier than a lead singer, in my opinion, you know. Um, but you're right, Jason freaking killed it. And that first track on How to Start a Fire is so good. It's as good of a first track, maybe better than The Moon is Down, even. Um, I I have to put them on par with each other. That I really cannot pick between The Moon is Down and How to Start a Fire. I think they're both really really good. I'd probably give a slight edge to The Moon is Down, just barely. But you're right, it's I can't, can any, either of you think of another example of a band that replaces their lead singer back to back albums and are as good as those two albums? 
I I don't I don't know the last David Lee Roth album and the first Sammy Hagar album. <laughs> was that were, was that good back to back? I mean, probably, jump, that's, jump that's, I know jump's a good song, and I also know that uh, right probably. right now's a good song. Yeah, I don't know, man. Back. Diamond Dave all the way for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, to me, th- that was a pretty good feat in itself. Um, and then it happens again, you know, like Jason's gone pretty quickly after the moon is, I mean, after, uh, how to start fire comes out. Um, Chris and I were in a band that we toured with his band that was after that with him and his wife. And it was interesting. We were at like a Chili's hearing him talk about the further seems forever day. It was, it was hard for me not to completely nerd out <laughs> and just, like, it was hard oh, for me yeah. to keep my cool. It's just like, yeah, cool. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, he, man, he, he's such a good singer and, uh, in live, you're right. He also freaking brought it. Maybe he even took it a level higher than Chris did. I think as far as he had, he had a stage energy that was fantastic too. Not that Chris doesn't, man. I mean, Chris Crawford was a great front man too, but, um, I'm, I am sad that I never got to see Chris do the, just like slinging the mic thing without a guitar. Um, but yeah, Jason's great. I think they're evil. The weird thing about the third one and John Bunch, I do, I agree, Kyle. I think it's the best thing John Bunch did, mm-hmm. like in his career. I, but I didn't like it at the time because he was so different than Jason and Chris. Jason oh, and yeah. Chris had some of the same qualities. They had nice, quiet voices, and then they could get really like soaring and kind of uh, angsty, and you know, yeah, yeah. with all that emotion and stuff. Um, I think Jason's lyrics, I'm gonna give a little bit lesser than on Chris's. Just you know, if I had to like nitpick or something. And then John Bunches were just so different that I just didn't like it. I just kind of wrote yep. it off. And then later, as I would like come back to that album, I like it a lot more. And I like it a lot more as I got older. I know that seems like a dumb thing to say, but you know, it was a chiller album, which was weird yeah. because like their their albums just weren't chill, and this one was. Same thing happened to me with. I know Chris and I disagree, but Saves the Day in Reverie is the same thing for me. I like hated it at first. I like it a lot more now than I did. Um, when it came out. So some, sometimes things grow, uh, which probably brings us to our, uh, next thing. Uh, well, sort of our next thing, I guess we can go out of, out of order if we want to. Uh, but what are your desert Island songs? If you have to pick two or three, let's try to limit it to two or three. Uh, even though it's hard on this album. That's easy. I've got, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Short album. Chris, what are your I, three? But the moon is down. Uh, um, New Year's project and wearing thin. Let's just not snowbirds. No, no, no. Okay. It's three. You said three. You told well, me. I know. I'm just surprised that snowbirds isn't on it. Well, some. I, I think you know the, the emo guy in me. Like I okay. just. Okay. I, I just did it end around the single. Oh, that's fine. But, that's fine. Uh, Kyle, your uh, desert island tunes for your iPod on your desert island. New Year's project. Snowbirds and townies. And the moon is down. I think mine are, I didn't actually mark them in my notes, but I think it's the moon is down, snowbirds and townies, and oh, it's really hard to pick between New Year's Project and Just Until Sundown, but I think I'm going to go with Just Until Sundown. Look, I mark, I mark my Desert Island songs with that oh, Desert Island emoji. emoji. I do the yeah. fire emoji normally uh, for mine, but I like the Desert Island. I might start I And might then steal that. you see what's coming. <laughs> What? what am I looking at? <laughs> the eggplant emoji on the, <laughs> on his song he likes the least. Um, okay, so nobody's perfect. What's the worst song on the album if there is one? 
Kyle. So that's that's not that's not that one. Oh, for that's me. not what like, that's for. Okay. No, that's grower, not a shower. Oh, that's a grower, not. A... Oh. Yeah. So for me, uh, I would better. I would say I would say the last track. Like I I like it just fine, um, but like you know, it's just it's it's a great album. So like, if I have to choose one, the last track is probably my least favorite. Yeah, it works I, I well. It works well as like an ending track, but it's not like a track that I would play if right. I wasn't playing through the albums. Like I wouldn't put it on a playlist. So I think nope. that's a good. That'd probably be mine too, Chris. Do you have? A... Uh, yeah, completely agree. I think, uh, but you can't have a nine song album. But you should have here. Although right. a lot of people do. <laughs> Billy Joel's had songs? like Billy Joel's had like but three albums Billy with nine songs. Joel. I know, but, but yeah. even he, as great a songwriter as Billy Joel is, he goes like, you know what? I'm not going to put a tenth stinker on this one. But, I'm but that's freaking... what I'm talking about. I'm saying like Billy Joel can do it. Yeah, so you can do it. Aerosmith, are... Toys in the Attic is only nine songs. Uh, yeah, okay. there's quite a few. But but well, I agree I... with what you're saying. I think that they still stuck the landing. I think. Oh it's no, a, no no yeah absolutely it, yeah yeah it's a it's a good final track. If I it's had just... to get rid of one. Yeah, yeah. that's so, what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that, right. No 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 no. Yeah, completely agree. Saves the day newest album, nine tracks, except the last one is 27 minutes long, but uh, don't know if that counts. Um, what is the grower, not a shower, the, the song that you maybe didn't like at first, but now love? Kyle, <laughs> with your eggplant emoji. Amonacetti. You pronounced it different than the time you tried to convince <laughs> us that it was. <laughs> I think Monacetti might be mine too, actually. Um, again, I think mostly because it had the unfortunate following snowbirds and townies which i was just wearing out uh yeah i don't know what's worse to be the track before my favorite track on an album or the one after uh as far as like the the implications on my subconscious about liking the song or not chris uh what's your grower not a shower i you know being uh, like really into the more rock and more punk rock stuff i don't think i appreciated new year's project till a little later yeah um mm. after i kind of got into um some of the softer stuff i don't know uh so because it's funny when when i when i was like listening to this album to research for this uh podcast i i was i was like okay when i just close my eyes and think of this record what what pops in my head and the opening lyrics of that song is what immediately popped in my head i was like oh that song must resonate with me for some reason that's like the first thing i think about not the moon is down or wearing thin which were the songs i really was into um, at the time. So I, that one's a little more introspective, but that's, that's the one I choose. I think those are all, uh, good notes. Um, and good opinions. Your opinions are correct, fellas. Congratulations. Uh, any other thoughts on this album just in general, uh, that you haven't gone over yet, Kyle? No, I mean, it's, it's great. It was, and it's, it's still great. But like at the time, I'd never heard anything that sounded like it, and and I also had like this whirlwind introduction to Chris Caraba. I I'm not positive which I heard first, because I was instantly into Swiss Army Romance, and it it, it kind of all is jumbled together in my memory. But like he was he was doing it right at that time, man. He was he was doing good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. 2000, 2001 were uh, really good years for Chris Caraba. <laughs> My God. And he had the, did he, did he get that little EP out too at the tail end there? Um, 
I think that came out in 2000. Oh, that might have been 2000. And that's sh- and that's the one you're talking about the like where he re-recorded some of the stuff? No, well, so I was talking about the the two EPs, the the one uh one was like a light blue and one was like a light orange. Right. So yeah. Impossible was the EP with the four songs about the date and then okay. and then uh the other one I can't remember what it was called. It was orange and it had the four full band versions of songs December December 2001. You're the very both of those came out in December 2001. Uh, so impossible did okay. Yeah, I think the other one was uh, the other one like was on Vagrant for sure. The other EP was like four songs from uh, Swiss Army Romance recorded full band, and I think it was technically a Vagrant release. We'll I'll we'll write that in the show notes too. Oh, Uh, Summer's Kiss, Summer's Kiss was April of 2001, of 2002. I think that's one you're talking about. Uh, yeah, living in your letters, sharpness. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yep. So he did get he did get the the so impossible. That, that's the more memorable one to me. He did sneak that one out at the end of the year. What a year, man! Man, Woo! yeah, that's a 2001 <laughs> is quite a year for him. You're right. Those are three really really good. Uh, which I missed it. He rec- he did that live on Instagram the other night. I'm gonna try to look back. I know the so impossible EP. I'm gonna go see if I can catch that again. Uh, All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, Thanks for listening again. And if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing five-star review. Glowing. It has to be glowing. Uh, And, of course, please subscribe so that our new episodes conveniently show up on your phone. And we'll release them every couple weeks. And you can send comments and disagreements or suggestions to info at findingemopod.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at findingemopod.com. And we will uh, catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.